Hi, everybody. This is The Simpsons Show. I'm Robbie with my co-host, Matt, and we are here to talk about The Simpsons from the beginning. Matt, how are you? Confused. This this episode is very confusing. It's pretty simple, honestly. I don't think it's that confusing. I I can explain everything. Well, how is Mo going to have his own show in the same town as The Simpsons? I mean, they'd, they'd constantly be crossing over. That just seems weird. Matt, you read comic books, correct? <laughs> Not a long time, unfortunately. <laughs> I mean... Marvel and DC, you know, Superman and Batman are in the same place most a lot of the time, and yet there's... That's true. Four or five Batman comics, and two or three Superman comics. Plus ancillary characters that are constantly in each other's mm-hmm. books. There you go. There All you right, go. fine. It there, can work. It can work. Hi, guys. We are brought to you by our supporters on Patreon. You can support us by going to patreon.com slash The Simpsons Show for only $2 a month. Gain access to all of our bonus content. Uh, definitely encourage you to check it out. Help the show uh, keep... Help the show keep going keep us ad free we appreciate it uh you can also go on apple Podcasts or stitcher or google play radio or any of the other places you listen to podcasts give us a five-star review review us give us a a nice give us some nice thoughts about how you like us helps new people find the show we like it when that happens this week's episode is the simpsons spin-off showcase episode 4f20 originally aired may 11th 1997 Written by David S. Cohen, Dan Greeny, Steve Tompkins, with story by Ken Keeler, directed by Neil Affleck. This is his first episode that he directed. No relation to the other Afflecks, BTW. Thank goodness. Yeah, no, no connections. Uh, finished 61st in the ratings for that week. A Nielsen rating of 7.3. 7th highest rated show on Fox a week following. Let's see. The Simpsons. We'll see. Uh, and, of course, it's a little bit of apt because of how they specifically mention other Fox shows in this episode, but Melrose Place, X-Files, and then Beverly Hills, Diner 2 King of the Hill, Married with Children. That's only five. I don't know. They don't list the six, but Simpsons got passed by a lot of stuff. It's really interesting how King of the Hill seems to always be ahead of the Simpsons. Well, King of the Hill is still new. That's true. It just started, so it was, you know, a new, new interesting thing for a lot of people. Simpsons was in their eighth season. That's a, you know, like we've mentioned multiple times, it's usually when shows are winding down that last this long. Mm-hmm. But not the Simpsons. Not the Simpsons. Uh, that I mean, probably... you wouldn't know it from this episode, but <laughs> we will probably have a. I think this episode is a little, a, a lot of, along the same lines of a lot of episodes uh, this season, but we'll touch on that stuff. Uh, episode guest stars Tim Conway as himself. Um, Tim Conway is most famously known from Carol Burnett Show and uh, McGill's Navy, the original television show. Wow, is he really around back then? He seems so young. Yeah, he's hmm. yeah. Uh, Gay Yard, Gayard Sartain. As Big Daddy, I don't know how to say his name, <laughs> and Phil Hartman as Troy McClure. Uh, yeah, the as the title implies, this episode is a weird concept episode. More like I, I, I think along the lines of the 138th episode, spectacular. I think is the closest thing that we've seen so far to it. Yeah, but that's true. That wasn't all flashbacks. It was. It wasn't the hundred thirty uh, episodes. Particular is kind of a clip show, but not entirely. It introduced some other extra stuff. And you're right. That's probably as close as we're going to get to the weirdness. The I mean, my wife actually made a good point. This is basically a Treehouse of Horror episode. That's not about horror. It's more about making fun of other shows on television. Yeah, and twenty two shorts. Uh, twenty two short films of Springfield. Also, a little bit like this. You know, little vignettes. A little bit, yeah. But I feel like this this show is obviously not supposed to be in canon, whereas 22 Short Films is. Yeah, that's true. Although, I don't know. So all that stuff with Herman and Snake and all that, 
that happened totally happened yep okay if you say so uh so we are introduced to this uh, by Troy McLaurin. He's walking in the spinoff Hall of Fame, uh, walking past a bunch of television posters of, of spinoff shows, including one that um, Julie Kavner was in, Rhoda, from the Mary Tyler Moore show. But uh, the Jeffersons, Sanford and Son, uh, he, Troy McLaurin specifically references a fake. So there were <sighs> spinoffs are very confusing. But. This he he introduces this concept that this is the spinoff showcase that uh, he shows us the empty Fox schedule, <laughs> which is what X Files, Morrow's Place, and then a bunch of question marks. Yes, exactly. Aside from the Simpsons, but of course we all just heard that you know they they had King of the Hill, they had uh, uh, Beverly Hills 90210, they had a few other shows they could fill up uh, the and of course Cops. I don't know why they didn't have Cops in there because Cops is probably like two thirds. Of those empty spots. Yeah, just put... Well, it was on eight hours a day, so. Exactly. Uh, but the producers produced, created three spinoff shows uh, for to fill those time slots. And this is very obviously, like, not, like you said, not in canon. This is like, hey, a conceit that all of these people are actually actors in, and you're watching hey, we know this is a fake show. The Simpsons aren't real. The Simpsons, Homer is not actually Homer. Homer is an ac- an actor that is still Homer. Probably that, also named Homer. <laughs> yeah, also named Homer. It doesn't, again, you can't look at it too closely because it, it, it makes no pretense of making sense. It doesn't really care if it makes any kind of sense whatsoever. It is just spoofing television and the way shows make spinoffs that almost always are terrible. Well, not well. Almost always, yeah. Oh, probably most. Of them. I'd say it's at least thirty percent decent. Thirty percent, Matt. Yeah, I mean, you had Rhoda, which was was, was okay. Um, Morgan Mindy, that was a pretty decent show. That was a spinoff of Happy Days. Uh, um, not a Morgan Mindy fan. Oh no. Hmm, I, okay. I don't. Uh, no, I don't like. Here, one. I don't think. Yes, it's technically a spinoff of Happy Days. It's really they had an idea for a show and let's introduce the characters in Happy Days and then just have a show launch from that. It's not like those it's not like they did have Joni Loves Chachi, which was terrible, which is I think well, an authentic yeah. spinoff, but I don't <laughs> yeah. I don't think Mork and Minnie was an authentic spinoff. And no, I don't think Mork and Minnie is good. I think it's bad. Oh. Well goodness gracious. I, also Frasier. Frasier's a good spinoff. Well that's the, so you named two of them that are good. Uh also Joey. Everyone loves Joey. Laverne and Shirley is another spinoff from from Happy Days. Laverne and Shirley is good. I did like Laverne and Shirley. That was a lot of spinoffs from Happy Days. That was a very popular TV show, I guess. Okay, There's, maybe thirty percent's a bit high, but there are still some. I know, but of all the ones you can think of that are like, hey, that was good. Most of them are no one's ever heard of. Yeah, you fair. forget and they dis- they disappeared after like two episodes, and you went, oh yeah, I forgot that show even existed. But hey, Angel spun off of Buffy and went like seven seasons. I still haven't watched Buffy in the first place, so I need to I need to watch oh, that first, and then I'll so, maybe I'm go. I'm so disappointed in you. I'm gonna watch it. I I probably should. Um, uh, Trey McClure gives us he is our MC basically, and he intros the, our first show, which is Wiggum PI. Not long ago, the Fox Network approached the producers of The Simpsons with a simple request: thirty-five new shows to fill a few holes in their programming lineup. That's a pretty daunting task, and the producers weren't up to it. Instead, they churned out three Simpsons spin-offs, transplanting already popular characters into new locales and situations. First up, a gritty crime drama starring Springfield's beloved police chief, Wiggum. Keep at least one eye open, because his best friends, the Simpsons, just might pop in to wish him luck. Let's us wish him luck, too. Good luck, Wiggum! 
that then they launch into the theme song of Wigan PI, which is a ripoff of Miami Vice and uh, many other detective shows. Yeah, basically, you've seen this show. It's, you know, Miami Vice, it's kind of Magnum P.I., Nash Bridges, you know, CBS. (laughs) CBS loves these shows. (laughs) Even today. Yeah. Uh, And it, it's, I don't know, a lot of the, a lot of these shows are, it's hard to, like, adequately kind of describe this episode because a lot of it is kind of bad on purpose. You know, it, it is parroting these these spinoff shows, which were often really bad and kind of, uh, you know, per, like were had thin premises and were really just like cash grabs. They're hoping that they could strike oil after the original show ran out of gas. I, I don't know if I'd call them cash grabs. I would call them, hey, this one thing's popular. We want to make something and that's also popular. Let's try and see a little bit of popularity from this other show. And it usually fails because they don't understand what made the original show popular. It's like, you know, that 80s show versus that 70s show. One good, one not so much. Obviously, you didn't understand why one show did well, which really makes you think. I, I feel like any show in the 90s that got po- the 80s and 90s that got popular, no one really figured out why. They're just now coming around to, hey, we've kind of figured out what makes TV shows work. Are are you saying, Matt, that perhaps that the people, you know, not creative types per se, but, you know, maybe marketers or, you know, businessmen are creatively bankrupt and have no understanding of what people actually like? I'm, I don't know if I would say creatively bankrupt, but I would say they don't understand why things succeed because they refuse to look at it from others' perspective. So you agree. Good. I like to hear that. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, we get an introduction to the show. Uh, we see Wiggum and and Seymour Skinner, uh, and they lay out exactly why they're in New Orleans and why Wiggum is a private detective all of a sudden. Ah, New Orleans. The big easy. Sweet Lady Gumbo. Old Swampy. I still don't understand, Clancy. Why give up your job as a small-town police chief to set up a detective shop in New Orleans? Oh, lots of reasons, I suppose. Got kicked off the force, for one thing. For massive corruption. For massive, exactly. Yeah. As for me, I was born and bred here in the mean streets of New Orleans. Oh, sure, I left briefly to take that principal's job in Springfield, but in my heart, I've always been a small-time hustler. Yep, that whole thing, Capital City, Armin Tamzarian. This, this is hey, uh, where it all hey, started. Hey, they were hey, like, hey, 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 Matt, we're not, we don't talk about that. Not yet, anyway. We, we will next season. We will talk about it next season. I mean, it's what happened to Wiggum's wife? You know, they don't say. He claims to be a single father. I'm assuming some of his corruption got her killed. That's usually where these things go. I mean, if it were a Christopher Nolan movie, that's obvious, but, you know, we don't know for sure. This doesn't seem very, very much like what a, Christo- a Christopher Nolan would. Uh, a, a project no, but can you would... imagine a detective show by Christopher Nolan? That'd be some crazy stuff. I'd like to see that. Have you read the new Jonathan Hickman comic? Uh, what is it? The Black Monday Murders. No, I haven't. I need to get those. You should read that. Uh, yes, a skull gets thrown through the window. Uh, suddenly because they're not, they don't like law and order types in New Orleans, of course. But Wiggum adapts. It makes it a pencil holder, which is pretty. I don't know. It's a little dark. That's not a real skull, a is it? Bit. Well, you know, they don't say, but I think the intention is that it's a real skull. And Wiggum is just like, yeah, whatever. It's Nolan's. I guess so. Uh, 
Skinner is there to be the leg man. Skinny. Skinny boy, I, I should say. You, you guys by skinny boy, right? That, oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, of Let course. Me, he He's a small-time hustler from the streets. That's that's Principal Skinner for you. <laughs> I can believe that from so many. You could bring Otto. You could have brought Snake. You could have brought anybody but Skinner. I well, he's skinny I boy. You gotta, the joke. They they got the the they got the 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 nickname first. Uh, uh, but we learn not not because Skinner's like a good detective or good uh, point man for anything. He he reads in Parade magazine that there is a master criminal that runs New Orleans. His name is Big Daddy. Which sure, why not? Gotta, well, you gotta you gotta learn that his name is Charles Daddy. So Char- you know, it's yeah, just Char- Charles Big Daddy. And I mean, every detective show has to have a big villain. That they, uh, you know, an arch arch nemesis. That that's true. It's, it's well, and it's usually on a. It's either sometimes it's based in the series, sometimes it's based on you know just the season. Each season has its own big bad. So obviously, Big Daddy is the uh, the season one villain for Chief Wiggum. He'll defeat, and then things will just get bigger and crazier from there. Big Daddy will go to prison. Big, big Daddy. And then uh, by the end of season two, they're gonna have to break Big Daddy out of prison because he's the only person they know who can help them tackle the big bad of season two. Usually, season two or season three is when that happens, yeah. Where they team up with the villain season from two. season one. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but Big Daddy here, I guess the skull didn't warn Wiggum, didn't stop him. So he Big Daddy escalates by uh, introducing a alligator into the equation. Lucky for you, this was just a warning gator. The next one won't be corked. Listen up, Big Daddy. You don't scare me. I'm three steps ahead of you. Oh, Chief? Your boy's been kidnapped. Oh, God! Big Daddy's trademark calling card. See, it's right here inside the skull. Looks like we've got our first case ever, skinny boy. And this time, it's personal. This time it's personal, Matt. The first time it's oh, personal. Oh, yeah. For the first time. For the, fir- for the first time. Also, it's important to cork your gators, guys. Make yeah, sure you have that done. Yeah, I I think, you know, have your pets spayed and neutered, cork your gators. Have you ever handled it? Have you ever handled an alligator, Matt? I have not, actually. I, I have handled an alligator before. In a controlled setting or just in your backyard? It was somewhere in between. Oh, really? Interesting. <laughs> it was a baby gator. It oh, okay. Was, it was not a. I mean, it wasn't. It wasn't a baby. It was like a, a very small adolescent gator that was in in a road. And you just picked him up and walked him across like a gentleman. Sorta. Hmm. They, there well, may good, have, good for there you. may have been a pause for some photos. No. Oh. <laughs> well, there's the photos on the website so everyone can see you with a gator now. Mm. Those photos may have been lost to time. Oh, nerds. And to an ex girlfriend. Oh, I know. Too bad. Well, no, no, no one likes X uh, significant others, so we will just move on past that. I mean, eh, a long time ago. Uh, <laughs> also, Wiggum does wear a gun to bed, and he's a terrible shot. He can't hit a gator that is literally three feet from him. Well, no, you can't show anything being harmed on this uh, TV network. So I guess know. that's true. There, I mean, they and they. This is for like the squealing angry guitars and like them trying to be all like dirty and stuff there really is this is like the most blandest most inoffensive like ralph is never in danger well yeah because big daddy just wants to send a message to make him leave he doesn't actually want to hurt ralph i mean besides throwing ralph at them a little later yeah that's hey hey, hey, matt don't spoil it uh but sorry big daddy uh, having his message, his court gator being received and and Ralph being kidnapped, uh, calls uh, Wiggum 
and they have a little chat. Now you listen up, mon ami, and you listen good, yeah? The name is Daddy. Charles Daddy. Big Daddy. What are you doing with my boy, Danny? Ah, the boy is fine so far. I taught him to play the spoon. If you ever want to see that boy again, I suggest you leave town today, yeah? Huh. Sounded like some sort of party going on in the background. Are there any parties today, Skinner? Yeah, it's not really a party town. Though, if I remember correctly, they occasionally hold a function called Marty's something. <laughs> Marty something. Marty, uh, New Orleans is not a party town. They never party. No, they never. don't just like let people drink in the streets, literally. <laughs> Not a party town whatsoever. Wait, wait, wait. You mean that's illegal? Well, there goes my party for tonight. I mean, it's illegal <laughs> most places. You're not You're not supposed to just drink in the street, generally. Well, that seems like a silly rule. It's frowned upon in most in most places. Uh, they go out searching. Uh, I don't... Feels That also feels like a very bad decision. Like, Margaret's a giant thing, and trying to find Big Daddy in that setting seems to be impossible, but... Uh, I guess it's not that hard because after seeing The Simpsons, yeah, hey, you know people, you this, this, these characters are from that show. Yeah, hey, look at them, it's them. Yeah, uh, we we see a little, uh, we we see a Big Daddy sighting. <laughs> if it isn't my old friends from Springfield, The Simpsons, what brings you folks to New Orleans? Mardi Gras, man. When the Big Easy calls, you gotta accept the charges. Chief Wiggum, I can't wait to hear about all the exciting, sexy adventures you're sure to have against this colorful backdrop. Well, golly, I'd love to chat, but my son's been kidnapped. You haven't seen him, have you? Caucasian male, between the ages of six and ten, thinning hair. Over there. Look, Big Daddy, it's regular Daddy. The Chief! I suppose I'd best to run. Lord of mercy, I wish I weren't so fat. I know that phrase. Yeah, I've you said had, it so many times. You get that feeling. You're like, oh, if I, if I just wait less, that'd be so much better. Uh, be so much cooler. Look, it's not actually true, but look, you know, look, Big Daddy, it's regular Daddy. Uh, Ralph, <laughs> Ralph has some really good moments in this bit. Uh, the the spoons earlier was really good, and the the Big Daddy and regular Daddy is great. Uh, engaged chase sequence with airboats, of course. Yeah, and like a, a skydive, indoor skydiving scene. <laughs> yes, where the guy gets uh, blown away by the airboat fan. Uh, so chase sequence leading to a giant mansion that's just floating in the middle of uh, of the river. And it's the governor's mansion that Big Daddy stole eight months ago or something. And uh, they they corner him uh, and uh, <laughs> we... And Wiggum gets his son thrown at him. Yo. Welcome to my maison, Chief. I've been expecting you. Is that so, Big Daddy? Well, expect this. The arrest of you by me. Monsieur, Nolans is my town. Won't well, nobody gonna mess with me. I got interests, and I ain't talking about stamp collecting. Though I do find that extremely interesting. Oh, yeah? Well, that makes two of us. You know, boys... There's an old saying down on the bayou that, uh... He's gradually getting away, Chief. Ah, let him go. I have a feeling we'll meet again each and every week. Always in more sexy and exciting ways. 
Daddy, when I grow up, I want to be just like you. Better start eating, kid. <laughs> no. Start eating. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> Then we go to commercial. Well, yes. I also want to point out, I really like how uh, Big Getty swims so slowly. He's kind of like a manatee. I mean, like he said, I wish I wasn't so fat. Yeah. Also, he's very slowly getting away. You could easily catch him just by, you know, hopping in the boats that are out front. No. You, no, Matt. Come on. You got to have I more. I know. Th- that would completely throw that, off that the, would end uh, the, the, end the show. show. Anyway, uh, like Robbie said, we go to commercial. When we come back, uh, Troy McClure introduces us to the second Simpsons spinoff about Moe. Not anywhere special, still in Springfield, just Moe. And uh, we'll let the theme song explain a little more. Well, I better go. I got a date with that lady in front of the drugstore who's always yelling things. She told me she was washing her hair tonight. Oh, I'm so desperately lonely. <laughs> Ah, quit your belly aching, you big loser. Oh, who said that? I did. It's me, Abe Simpson. But you're dead. Dead? I was, but I've come back as your love testing machine. I'm the love-matic grandpa. Ah! While shopping for some care, an old man passed away. He floated up toward heaven, but got lost along the way. Now he's the love-matic grandpa, the wise-socratic grandpa. So, yes, uh, as that uh, completely schmarmy song uh, just uh, informed us that, yeah, uh, Grandpa was shopping one day, got killed, floated up towards heaven, but had his wings chopped off by a jet and then somehow possessed Moe's love tester. Just... When you when you say like that, Matt, you think it sounds stupid. <laughs> you know, I'm coming around to your opinion on spinoffs. <laughs> well, I mean, anyway. I, I know this is. Obviously, yeah, this is, you know, a, a spoof of a lot of, like, I Dream of Genie, Bewitched, of Supernatural premise. Take a normal sitcom and add a very, uh, a, a weird Supernatural premise to it, except in this case, you have Mo, who is antithetical to the very idea of romance in general, and you have a love testing machine, uh... With someone's soul inside of it, which seems like living hell, but uh, I mean, I think that is what they're going for. Uh, I actually, this is my favorite part of this of the three. This is my favorite of them. Yeah, I would have to agree. Uh, I think it plays off the 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 schmarmy nature, the 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 kind of corny, cheesy stuff that you get out of a lot of sitcoms like this, and play them off of Moe's depression and grandpa's grandpa's search for for rest <laughs> yes rest that's the way to put it don't worry i captured a clip that i mean uh, he's already he's already off that he's already dead so he can't die again theoretically but he does he sh- does deserve probably eternal rest i would think not being trapped in an so. awful machine trying to help a loveless thing mm-hmm. like well I like you call so, him. I like I, that you call him a thing. He's not really a person. He's a loveless thing. 
Yep, pretty much. Okay, good. All right. Uh, so as we've gone over uh, Grandpa is here to help Mo with his love problems uh, because Grandpa's the expert I guess and they just figured who could we steal from the Sims they wouldn't really miss Grandpa and, and Mo uh, also let's point out that uh, in this in this particular spinoff there is a awful awful laugh track that just uh, it reminds me of Married with Children uh, for if you guys remember the bonus episode we talked about the laugh track and how it just destroys the rhythm of the show and uh it does it here very obviously well uh for example i that's uh, yeah that's what they're going for it's garbage yeah yeah uh so yeah homer shows up immediately in this one they don't wait to the end he just shows up and uh when grandpa tries to tell him that hey it's me you know i i used to love you but i'm mad you sold my suit to buy a ping pong table homer unplugs him yet again <laughs> oh god it's a dark joke right there <laughs> Oh man! I mean, Matt. Sorry. Dead people don't need suits. This episode, this this segment is incredibly dark because it is on purpose. I mean, it is. You have a, someone's soul trapped in a machine, and you have Mo. Oh Mo! Oh Mo! It was just several times during this this sequence. You hear Grandpa wish for death. <laughs> Why can't I die? Why? anyway uh so homer leaves uh because he's only allowed to pop in every now and then he can't just he can't be on two shows at once what is he wolverine but uh at, at this point yeah uh grandpa basically wants to help mo out uh and you know he does when a woman has a car accident nearby i was just in a car accident can i use your phone uh using the phone's a four drink minimum <laughs> what's the matter i'm making as nice as i can Test lady! Test lady! Good, give it a try. It goes by how clammy your hands are. Well, I suppose I could use a laugh after that accident. Love, Lauren, you need man. Mo near now. Go near Mo. What? Go near Mo. I'd say that's a pretty strong endorsement. So how about you and me go out sometime? You know, out back. <laughs> I mean, uh, out to dinner. At a fancy French restaurant? Bing! Sounds great. And if this love test is as accurate as it looks, maybe we'll be having breakfast, too. You did it, Grandpa. You really are a love expert. Dang right. Fact is, I invented kissing. It was during World War I, and they were looking for a new way to spread germs. Sorry, I just had to get to that Grandpa's little ramble there at the end about inventing kissing. It's like he invented the turlet. Uh... This is again the the woman Betty who just had a car accident and the first thing Mo I guess I'm hit on somebody really yeah it's really great it's like Will Ferrell's character who in uh, Wedding Crashers picks up women at funerals yeah. that Pretty much yeah that's the it's all the entire premise of this is pretty skeezy awful yeah yeah that's the idea yeah I mean. At this point, we're we're barely introduced to the premise, and it feels a little icky just even watching it. Uh, but luckily, it gets a little funnier as time goes on, uh, just because everyone gets extra stupid. Uh, at their Mo's date with Betty, uh, he stashes Grandpa's love tester in the bathroom <laughs> and consults it for advice. And uh, yeah, I, I had to capture this line after Mo leaves Grandpa to go to go sit down with Betty. <sighs> I've suffered so long. Why can't I die? And that's probably the <laughs> darkest line in the whole thing, because, man, that's, that's rough. <laughs> I mean, imagine being trapped in a love testing machine. 
it would be awful. And if you, if you trap me in a computer, not as bad. I have the whole internet to play with. But the love tester, that's pretty bad. Well, uh, okay. So you're saying that the machine you're in, what, happen- what happens if there's like an Ethernet port on that thing? If you plug in the Ethernet port, does Grandpa have the internet all of a sudden? I would hope so. I mean, just makes sense. Like, there's an episode above you where that happens, where <laughs> a monster gets uh, trapped in the machine, and they let him out by uh, he gets trapped in the computer by scanning in a book that uh, he was tra- put into by monks hundreds of years ago, and then he gets out by scanning the book into the computer. He wakes up in the computer, and it's it's up to them to destroy him because he has access to everything. So I assume it'd be like that. But it's not like he's code or something. It's not like he so. We might be overthinking this a little bit. I was going to say, like, I don't know how. I just, I imagine Grandpa just is stuck there. I don't think, I don't feel like he has access to all the machine or anything. I feel like he can just, like, make, he can make the machine go. He has no eyes. He has no, he has, he, I guess he has ears. I guess he has I mean, he eyes. He can see things. How, though? That's the I thing. I don't know, but this is a horror show. <laughs> no, it's not. It's a romantic it's a comedy. comedy. It's a comedy. It's a rom- romance and sitcom thing. Come, come on, Matt. It's not a horror. Exactly. No, it's uh, What we see, speaking of that, we see in Mo's terrible small talk about how Betty is letting her looks go gradually, which, oh, goodness, that's that's extra bad. Uh, Mo, at that point, uh, knows that he is doing poorly and fakes diarrhea to go to the bathroom because that's – don't just say I have to go to the bathroom, fake diarrhea. Uh, but when he gets there, the bullies, uh, Dolph, Jimbo, and Kearney, are beating the love tester up because it told – Kearney, he was gay, which I guess it's just grandpa having fun. Why why, why are the bullies in a French restaurant is the question I have, actually. You know, I'm sure they were, you know, stealing in some way. That's, that's what they do. They steal from everywhere. Stealing from the toilet? Maybe they just stop by the bathroom to steal mints or steal the tips that the ba- uh, bathroom attendant gets. Uh, Mo tries to pick Grandpa up, but due to his beating, uh, he is not functioning appropriately. So I, this is where I why I assume Grandpa is part of the machine now, because when he gets beat up, he, uh, the machine parts are everywhere and he can't speak correctly. So he gives Mo terrible advice. Uh, but at that point, uh, everything just unravels. And you are absolutely positive the dumbest haunted love test that I have ever met. <gasps> is going on in here um uh oh uh, i might as well come clean with you i ain't too good at talking to women and i, and I really wanted to do you so i brought along the love tester to help me as you may have guessed it's inhabited by the ghost of my friend's dead father why you conniving devious monstrous despicable sweet little angel but betty if you just give me a chance what I can't believe you went to all that trouble for me. (laughs) Thanks, Grandpa. Yeah, yeah. Now, how's about introducing me to that cute little payphone out front? And yes, that is the end of the Lovematic Grandpa, thankfully. Uh, I, I figure three episodes and it's canceled. I was going to say, I could see the the, the Wigan P.I. having some legs. You could, Yeah, not, not so much for this one. Not so much for, I, I think Lovematic Grandpa, I think the first episode kind of exhausts most of the potential. Like, Mo, just got a girl, like, is the him managing the, his girlfriend is going to be like, the f- 
most of the first season or something. I not I wouldn't I would not renew that if it was up to me. No, no watch, I mean I eventually I hope we would at least install a radio in Grandpa so you can talk to him. <laughs> and eventually online, so Grandpa can practice his techniques. Install a 56k dial-up modem inside of the the love tester machine. Well, you know you have to update the firmware for that thing. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure the love tester in a CD bar is going <laughs> to get updated firmware. Again, my phone can't get updated firmware. <laughs> Come on, Matt. Sometimes uh, maybe it could. Mm-hmm. New love testing machines maybe have updated firmware. I would hope so. Otherwise, they're, they're IoT devices, and man, they're probably DDoSing some site somewhere in Eastern Europe. I understood about what half what you just said, but okay. Oh, trust me. If you'd like a demonstration, no, 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 can, no, uh... no. Please, no. I don't need. I don't need any DDoSing. No, thank you. Okay. Uh, what did you say? Something about a commercial, Matt? I did. Uh, that's the end. Yeah, the end of the Simpsons right there. It died. After the <laughs> no, Grandpa. no, no. Grandpa lives forever inside the Lovematic testing machine. And it never dies. No, Grandpa can never die. And the show can't either. Uh, we see the final spinoff. It's the third segment. It is a variety show. It is a parody of many, many such uh, things that don't... These kind of shows don't really exist anymore. They generally... Thank goodness? Variety shows like that that are singing and terrible skits that aren't funny? No, I'm not. I'm saying there were good variety shows. They existed. Really? Huh. Did you ever watch The Muppets? Oh, yeah. I guess that technically was. The Muppets I never was really a variety saw a whole show? lot of the original show. I was mostly uh, Muppet Babies. That was, that was my uh, I know. My I time. mean, Muppets is well before our time. But going back to watch The Muppets, there's a reason that, like, The Muppets are, became such a big thing. It's because... That variety show is actually really... It, I think it holds up. I think it's still very funny. Swedish Chef is still amazing. Uh, I think it was very smart. Also, you know, Carol Bonetto itself was, I think, very... I I enjoyed that. I watched reruns when I was a kid. I liked Carol Bonetto. Uh This is... This, though. The... the the Oh, what are the... The Simpsons Family Smile Time Variety Hour uh, is... Really bad. I mean, it's and it's bad on purpose. It is. It's parodying uh, the Brady Bunch Hour most directly. Which, guess what? The you know what the Brady Bunch Hour was, Matt? Exactly what this is, but with the Brady Bunch instead of the Simpsons. Exactly. How'd you know? Because you drew that as a parallel. Wild, wild guess. Yeah. Uh, which it, it introduces the family as this is the most direct thing of like, hey, these the family are actors. And now they're also hosting a variety show somehow, except Lisa didn't want to participate. So they had a stand in for Lisa, uh, which actually happened with sophomore prom queen five years running. (laughs) It also I mean, they the the Brady Bunch hour, the exact same thing happened where they had to replace, I believe, Jan. The original Jan did not want to participate. So they had to replace her with a different actress. Well, now that's interesting. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, We we get the intro song uh, with an appearance by Tim Conway. Shorts don't have a cow. I'm Lisa Peppy, blonde and stunning. Sophomore prom queen, five years running. Go, Lisa! 
Where's Dad? Here he is. I'm hiding from the the the, the ghost. Ghost? What ghost? But before the show, you said we were having a special ghost tonight. I said we were having a special guest tonight, Mr. Tim Conway. What's a Tim Conway? Uh, about 120 pounds. <laughs> get it? Uh, yep. Yep. I get it. I just. Hmm. <laughs> the, 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 oh, yeah. This is, uh, and this is all, at times very bad, but on purpose. Like we. Shortly after this little intro sequence, we get a beaver sketch, which it, it uh, reminds me of Krusty's sketches, like Mad About Shoe, you know, very simple, like, pun-based sketches that are... That stretch the joke way too yeah, far. Yeah, they are. It's a one, it's literally a, like a one-liner that they stretch into a longer bit that's all bad. Um, I'm going to pull any of this, because it's, I, I don't, I think this is the point where I go... This I think everything else in the show I'm fine with, even the stuff that's bad on purpose because it's you know it's trying to make a point. This yeah. I go, this is a little too bad on purpose. I think, and I think I'm a little, little. This is too painful. A little. Well, yeah, because the the entire sketch is like the beaver thing and then the candy song, and that's pretty much it. So there's there's not a whole lot there. Yes, uh, we we have the beaver sketch, and then we have. A musical number which ends the show. It's a medley which starts with uh, I, 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 the I I is that song just I believe the song is just called Candy, right? As far as I can tell. Come on, Matt. I always I need you. You're the person who knows all these song references all the time. Yeah, that's me. I, I know all the music stuff. <laughs> it's it is I want candy by the Strange Loves is the name of. Uh, I didn't know the name of the group, so it's, it's but it goes. It's uh, I uh, I pulled this because I think it's the only bit of the medley that actually has some Simpsons-style character in it, so I thought it was, you know, yeah. interesting. Inflation, trade deficit, horrible war atrocities. How are we supposed to do our big musical number with so many problems in the world? Well, I know one thing in this world that's still pure and good. Christian love? No. Candy! Sweet, sweet candy! you want to end world famine? I want candy. Or save the endangered Alaskan salmon? I want candy. Well, if you won't think of society's ills, I want candy. At least think of our dentist bill. Yeah, I pulled that bit. I didn't pull the rest of the medley because I think most of the medley is just like that was at least having instrumental for the most part. Yeah, and it also has a lot of it's just covers. It's just the Simpsons singing uh, pop songs. Uh, Peppermint Twist, Lollipop, uh, which is performed by Jasper and Whip It by Smithers, which is incident, but it's licorice, licorice whip. Get it? Yeah. So it's it's more wholesome. Yeah, it's more definitely. I mean, somewhat. Uh, but. It's it's fine. Yeah, I think I, I it shows why the Simpsons musical numbers are good, I guess, by showing you bad versions of like here's just bland covers with no like a very loose theme attached to them. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I, I feel like that was a lot of what these variety shows were. Uh, these are the clips I've seen online. And, you know, this fits in with those perfectly. Let's take something that people will get a jolt of nostalgia out of and, and do it on stage with characters you know and love. It's, that's a perfect recipe for happiness. <laughs> Don't. 
Matt, I don't want you to hide your excitement, okay? You can just let it out. You know, and I can tell you really mm-hmm. love all this, so I don't know why you're not. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, and then after that, we get the end of the, the, the I like saying it, because the, the Simpsons, the Simpson family smile time variety hour. Uh, we get, oh, <laughs> we get the outro with them in bed, and then we get uh, Troy McClure actually give us an outro to the entire uh, episode. Well, it's time to say goodnight. I wish our special guest, Jim Conway, didn't have to leave so soon. I'm still here. Fox wouldn't spring for a decent hotel room. (laughs) (laughs) He's just kidding. We'd like to thank Fox and the good people at Budget Lodge. Well, that's all the time we have. So this is the Simpson family saying, as you walk down that road of life... Hitchhike, it's faster. <laughs> We're like this all the time. Good night, everybody! That's it for our spinoff showcase. But what about the show that started it all? How do you keep The Simpsons fresh and funny after eight long years? Well, here's what's on tap for season nine. Magic powers. Wedding after wedding after wedding. And did someone say long-lost triplets? So join America's favorite TV family. And a tiny green space alien named Osmodiar that only Homer can see on Fox this fall. It'll be out of this world. Right, Osmodiar? Damn straight, Troy Manan. Good Good night, night, America. America. Good night, America. Uh, so there you go. That's the end of uh, the the Simpsons spinoff showcase. Uh, it it's an interesting experiment. Feels, you know, it is an it is a, it, you know, the Simpsons itself was, you know, they wanted to do spinoffs of of the Simpsons. Uh, that and I I I don't know. I I feel like they never got a probably good enough idea to make another show that, you know, I think that, of course, Fox probably really wanted it, but I don't think Matt Groening and, and company ever had either the manpower or the the confidence in an idea to make a spinoff. Yeah, I mean, if you're going for a direct spinoff, that's true, but I feel like, in a way, you know, obviously Futurama is really close to The Simpsons in, in terms of how the cast interact and everything. It's just kind of a different setting, so... It's, I guess, a spiritual spinoff that, you know, I'd call it a successor, but Futurama came and went while The Simpsons are still on the air. So it's it's not really that. Uh, But yeah, I mean, there's just nothing you can do to have a spinoff of The Simpsons that would be any good. Well, I mean, 22 Short Films was like theoretically a model for what a spinoff would look like, where you do vignettes about other characters, a la, you know, Trials of Horror, but... You know, you have an eight-minute segment with that's just about Mo, or an eight-minute segment about Bumblebee Man, or whatever, and you, you know, you can split up characters and fill in background information and stuff like that. But they work hard enough getting out twenty-four, twenty-five episodes of The Simpsons. You know, out they're not going to be able to do double that. They'd have to hire new, an you know entire another bunch of people that you know at that time was a pretty esteemed job and they probably, uh, we have the the people we want work in here, especially around that time, like season six, like we, we just had a bunch of people leave. We don't want to have to endanger by hiring a bunch of more people. And this, and and this episode is showing like 
it, it's a kind of a behind the scenes stuff. You know, they've done the the itchy and scratchy and poochy show. They've done the front. They've done th- those kind of behind the animator kind of episodes that were kind of breaking the fourth wall all the time. This one is along those lines. It's just a bunch, and but it's more about television in total than necessarily just animation. Yeah, it's it's like I've often said that season eight feels like the last season of a show, and this this kind of feels like the last episode of a show, or maybe the the second to the last episode. You want to go out and point it, so this is your second last one where you're basically like spending the entire episode just winking as hard as you can at the camera because you know of how, how weird this would be and you know how everyone is thinking what you're thinking when you're writing this episode. So this episode is it tries hard to say something, but what it's saying is just not all that interesting. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's, it, it's, I, I don't, it's not like I dislike this episode. I think it's fun and it's, you know, some popcorn. I, and I think it is a good palate cleanser after Homer's enemy. Homer's enemy's enemy is so dark and serious and metatextual and thoughtful yeah. and stuff like that. And this is light and meaningless. And I, on purpose, I mean, I, it's not trying to be big and meaningful. It's supposed to just like, look how dumb television is and in kind of a purposefully empty way versus what Homer's enemy was doing, which is also like, look how dumb television is, but in a much more, I don't know, deeper and thoughtful way. I think, uh, I still like every time this would come on when I was watching in syndication, I still watch the entire thing. I'd still laugh and think it was fun and dumb, but I, I think it's. It, this episode in particular feels, I don't know, I'm trying to think of a good word for it. It's not dated. It's, it, I, I think it just feels like I've, I think as I've gotten older, I've lost patience for parody that itself doesn't have a lot of legs. And I think when you're parodying things that are purposefully, like that are, are empty, that are like, like we said, Love Mad at Grandpa couldn't last very long as a show. Like, when you're purpose to, like, let's make this bad, it's not, I don't know, it doesn't feel, you know, like, I want The Simpsons to be good all the time. So when they go, no, it's aim for bad, it it's a weird thing. I don't, I don't, it's not bad. I, I don't know. It's, it's hard to discuss because it's so clearly different from all the other Simpsons up to this point. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, but it's kind of like you said, it's like when the parody of something is as empty as a thing as parodying, there's there's not really a point. You're just pointing out, you know, hey, this is dumb. It's like, yeah, we we know. I mean, unless you're a child, you you know when something is dumb. I mean, the viewers of King of Queens might not, but the rest of us will, will know that's dumb. Unless you're trying to say something with your parody that things should be better you're not really helping anybody. You're just making fun of anybody. It's, it's, I don't want to say they're punching down, but they're definitely, they're not punching up. They're punching at best sideways and a little down because, you know, the things they're making fun of are things anyone respects in the first place. Yeah. It's, you know, it's parroting bad television writing and bad television in general. It's, I feel like generally the Simpsons reference like really interesting things. So when they pull in really bad references, it is just that, you know, I, I lump it in with look at the incredible variety, pun intended, of the Simpsons. Look at all the things they've done over the years, and this feels like, hey, it's an idea that we haven't tried. We should see what it is, and it, I, I like it for one episode. Then they've, you know, they did behind the laughter, which I think is well, you know, I think far enough removed from this that it is still interesting, and I think it sets a different tone. But I think that's the other episode that is so clearly 
like this. Yeah, that's true. But I feel like behind the laughter kind of it puts the emphasis in a different place, like you said. But it kind of says something about that culture and the way we view our television shows that this really doesn't. I mean, this tries to, but I don't think it succeeds in the way they really wanted to. I would say I think they succeed. I just don't think it's it's not aiming for something lofty. I think it is aiming for a pretty low bar, which is I think it succeeds on that. I just don't think that's it's, true. It's not going. I don't think it's going for anything grandiose. It's like, hey, look, television's pretty dumb sometimes, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we've managed to avoid that for the most part. I think that's the other thing coming back to watch this is that brings it down a little bit for me is all the Simpsons that come after it and how oftentimes they don't avoid the problems that bad, that dumb television had. Like we talk about, you know, we're, this is near the end of season eight. We have one more episode and then we get season nine, season 10. And most people say, you know, they're, if you're being generous, you say the golden era ends at season 10. And then after that, no man's land. Uh, I don't know if I'd go no man's land. Maybe just the occasional pop in. Not every episode. Well, I mean, they, I mean, our listener question, I, a lot of examples of really dumb things the Simpsons did in the later years. And this episode, like, it feels like dark foreshadowing almost. Like, look how dumb television is. We haven't done any of this stuff. And then they do some of that stuff eventually. And I think that's also part of why I'm like a little <laughs> bit cold on it is because like, yeah. you guys predicted your own downfall a little bit there. You either die a hero, live long enough to become a villain, Matt. That is true in so many respects. <laughs> uh, we will write this episode at the end of the show. Uh, no submissions for my favorite episode. If you have a favorite episode, uh, simply send it in. SimpsonsShowPod at gmail.com explaining why it is your favorite. I'll read it when we get to that episode. Hey, Matt. Hey. It's time for comments from the news group. Okay, Yay. here we are. Alt.nerd.obsessive. Comments from the news group is where I comb through the old alt.tv.simpsons news group, see what people are talking about uh, the week or two after the episode debuted, uh, what they thought of it, stuff like that. Um, This is not a crazy idea, but either people really, really liked it, or they really, really hated it. Including, that seems about right. there was a worst episode ever among the reviews. Oh, honey. It gets so much worse than this. Yeah, this is it. And I, I don't know, I, I think that it was a little bit of hyperbole, because they're like, I laughed a couple times. I'm like, if you laughed a couple times, it really isn't terrible then. Like, uh, you know, if I don't laugh at all, okay, maybe I'll think about it briefly, but and even then, it's like, it probably wasn't offensive. Uh, so a lot of people are like, yeah, this is great. It's really funny. And and obviously, they got what it was going for. They're like, we like the bad parodies and stuff. And then other people are like, this is not funny. This is bad and terrible. And the Simpsons are awful forever. I, I might have exaggerated a little bit with that, but it's probably not far off. No, I'm sure some people thought that. And hopefully they kept watching. It's always fun Does, to watch a, a mean, car crash happen in slow-mo. Uh, well, it's not really slow motion, is it? Well, I mean, it happened over years. I mean, I don't. I think if you watch season eleven of The Simpsons, it doesn't. It's not like it progressively changes any like throughout that season or anything, right? I think it's just like, hey, there are some pretty bad ones. Just they just happen. I don't think it's just like a slow descent or anything. I think after, and even nine or ten has some of them, the questionable decisions in there, which we'll get to. Uh, also, a lot of talk about all the references 
people talking about the all these the you know the television shows that these things were parodying and stuff like that which the news group is very actually informative on that type of stuff you know it was like it's 1997. The internet is like in its early, early time. There's not sources you can go to to get all this information yet. So you go to the news group, and they're actually pr- like, despite all the pedantry, there's still a lot of good, like, informative stuff about the, what the references mean. And oh, Smithers, hey, hey Smith- is Smithers gay, Matt? I don't know. He, he was wearing, uh, I believe they were buttless chaps uh, with his licorice whip uniform. Mm hmm. Yeah, that's very ambiguous i don't know what that was trying to tell us at all but other than that yeah it's the same same kind of stuff a lot of trolls more and more trolls every day on the news group unfortunately uh we can move on to our next segment it's time for the listener question of the week let's try one more number yellow kbbl is gonna give me something stupid well hot dog we have a wiener yellow listener question of the week this week is what is the most ridiculous thing the show has ever done a lot of good answers that really highlight really bad creative choices that I some I don't mind and some I really dislike. And it reminded me of all of them. Uh, thank you guys for answering. I really appreciate it. everyone takes the time. Uh, first, from Teresa. They moved the entire town when Homer was a sanitation commissioner. They even moved to the Burns Casino, as Lisa mentioned in a later episode. Actually, like, I don't mind. I, I mean, I don't know <laughs> if I like it. I, pr- I appreciate the efforts they went. But, I, again, we'll get there. Uh, David, it's ridiculous that they've lasted nearly 30 years. It can still make me have at least one moment where I laugh out loud during every episode. So that's a positive. I like that. It's a positive one. It's like, hey. Pretty much the only one. <laughs> no, there was a couple positive ones. I just I wanted to include at least a positive one. Uh, David, a uh, different David. Homer getting approval to have a stop sign installed. No government listens to their constituents, let alone acts on their interests. Outrageous. Especially small town government. They, they listen to no one. Uh, Nick, when Homer was chased by PBS, including Oscar the Grouch and Elmo, sans puppeteers. They're, well, they're not. They don't, they're, they're not puppets in the Simpsons. No, they're, they're real uh, people. They're real. They're, they're not quite a puppet. They're not quite a... Okay. Uh, from Zach, uh, the not Trials of Horror episode where Kang and Coda disappear. It was my breaking point for the show. Andrew, all the wacky self-parody plot predictions from You'll Never Stop the Simpsons coming true. Yeah. Uh, Graham, real Seymour Center comes home, then leaves tied to a train. There's your Armin Tim Zarian, uh, Matt. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe, the flashback episode where Homer had a grunge band in 1994. Yep. Uh, Kevin, Lady Gaga, plain and simple. Lady friggin' Gaga. Uh, John, Chopper Style 311, not once breaking continuity. Never. Never, ever. From the Animated TV blog, at Animated TV blog. I love so much about all the seasons, but if you're talking ridiculous slash worse, Katy Perry, Sky Police, Elon Musk. Uh, from Elliot Tweety Man Seventeen, uh, the one where Lisa goes to live on Mars. I know Homer went to space, but that other episode was just heckin' terrible. Indeed, heckin' terrible. Also, how ridiculous would it be if they ever had Lady Gaga on? Not that they would ever, because the episode would be beyond awful. People would really hate that episode. I mean, I think it's bad, but I don't think uh, we've got it's a while. that bad. We've got a while to get to. Uh, Danny, I wish ADH props for Al Jean and later Simpsons episodes are that they are ridiculous. Brick like me, the Lego app takes the cake. Which I like Brick Like Me. But Yeah, it's it's very creative. But yeah, and, I mean he, I there is a very fine line between those in those in especially in those gimmicky novelty, like hey, Legos, hey episodes like that, you have to it's very you have to be very careful. And finally, Alex, I would agree with Ken Koto. Ken Koto's becoming a canon. Matt, what is your answer? Uh I really, really wanted to go with Nick uh, and the the PBS thing, but Kang and Kodos becoming canon—that's just that's a weird damn episode. I just 
Uh, that's that that is the most ridiculous thing I think is when that became you know part of the regular universe. I know the Simpsons are supposed to be occasionally fantastical, but that that takes the cake. I I thought about this, yeah, and there, and especially reading all the answers, I'm like, oh right, oh right, and like some of them are like that '90s show. I really really bothers me. Um, King of Kodos is bad like that episode is bad i think if it ca- if that episode was good like a lot of this stuff would be solved i think if the episodes were good you know if they took these crazy things and then made them like that 90s show i think really had like i i could un- i understand why they did that where they want to like reground the continuity of the show and like you could if the problem is they're trying to match up with the way we was which is like just like over overflowing with charm and 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 like and nostalgia and happiness and ma- and like that not that ninety show is so grounded in like dreariness and and like like disharmony between Homer and Marge and stuff and like it's like uh, I went back like I so I'm like King Codus is later on so I don't you know I can forgive it a little bit even that ninety show is later on like I have to go with the the tree elves the jockeys like that's and it's just. It, you take an episode that is already pretty like bitter and cynical, and then you just make it even dumber, and it's just like, yeah, mm, I can't. Ugh. And it's early on, earlier on, like it's not that far removed from now, like where we are. It's not that far removed, and it's just a first it's, sign. What, two, of, three seasons. Yeah, the first sign of like, oh, this isn't my, this isn't my Simpsons. Like, what's going on? Oh, yeah, you're right. I forgot about that episode. I, well, I try to put it out of my mind. I try and forget about it. Um, next week's question. What would your Simpsons spinoff be? Ooh. Hmm. If you're going to, if, if, theoretically, hey, let's oh, say, let's say, hey, it's a, the end of season eight, the Simpsons end, and a spinoff happens. What is it? You're going to have to think about it, because I want mine to be good. I got a great one right off the top of my oh, head. Oh, wow. Fantastic. Whoa. Look at the big brain on Matt. Uh, I'll post this question on social media, facebook.com slash the Simpson Show Pod, Twitter at Simpson Show Pod, and you can uh, reach us, you can email us, Simpson Show Pod at gmail.com. Uh, like, follow, subscribe, you know, the way, the, 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 the holy trinity of social media. We can move on, Matthew. It is time for the new Google Trivia Challenge. I am too smart. I am too smart. SMRT. I mean, S-M-A-R-R-T. The No Google Trivia Challenge is where Matt and I will each challenge each other with three trivia questions. One easy, one medium, one hard. Try and stump the other. Uh, this season, we have a wager. Whoever loses must record themselves singing a song, a Simpsons song, of the winner's choosing. Uh, I'm, I've already been mathematically eliminated, so I will be singing a song. Matt has not revealed what it is to me yet, but... Well, we got to wait till the end of the season for oh, me to tell you what it is. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you don't want to jinx it or anything. <laughs> uh, we're going we're gonna to change up the rules a little bit. Uh, next season to see and, and see what happens but i'm still going full effort on this i'm not just because i've lost doesn't mean i stop trying you know i'm not you know i i now believe, he's free to make his questions incredibly hard no they're actually i don't know they're pretty i don't i don't think they're that hard uh i'll i'll start us off uh matt you ready for an all easy right. question hit me these are all from one fish two fish blowfish bluefish Whew. i'm am i boring you right. i i really do apologize yes, yes you are your easy question, Homer eats what poisonous fish? Fugu. That is correct. That is correct. All right, your easy question. In Brother's Little Helper, what is the name of the drug that Bart takes? Focus in. You are correct, sir. Do you want to hear 
was it Major League Baseball's Dark Secret? Or do you want to see me smash some dingers? Dingers! Dingers! Your medium question, Matt. The rando, I don't think he's named, uh, the random guy at the Happy Sumo during karaoke sings what song? Mm -hmm. Oh, man. I I could probably sing the part that he sings for you, but I have no idea what it's named. Uh Let me see here. Just sing it to yourself. Maybe it'll come to you. Uh, I don't think it will. I have no idea what the song is named. Nothing. Gypsies, Tramps, and Thieves by Cher. He literally sings that. He sings that out loud. He sings the chorus. No, he doesn't. Matt. Mama, you should dance for the the quarters they'd throw. Something, something, something. He never sings that line. Gypsies, whatever. Tramps and Thieves. Are you sure? A hundred percent. Well, you should know Cher's uh, discography a little bit Apparently, better. I'm not saying I got it wrong. I definitely got it wrong, but I'm saying he never sings that particular I line. He did. No. Oh. You need to familiarize yourself with the entire discography of Cher, is what I'm saying. Then. I, well, I know that. I've been told that by so many people walking down the street. <laughs> and like, hey, have you heard Cher's latest? And I'm like, who is Cher? <laughs> oh, she's great on Twitter. I like Cher on Twitter. Really? Yeah. That's good to know. What's my medium question? All right, uh, your medium question, which I know you know. According to Bart, who is spying on everyone? The Major League Baseball. Indeed. I think it was a little too easy for you, but hey, whatevs. Uh, eh. Your hard question, Matt. There are 12 things on Homer's things to do before he dies list. Oh, name wow. six of them. Just name half. Six. Oh, okay. Uh, let's see. He wanted to have one last drink with the boys. Uh, he wanted to have a man-to-man with Bart. Uh, he wanted to... Uh, talk with Lisa. I forget what he wanted to do. Uh, he may want to take a video, make a videotape for Maggie. He wanted to, um, oh, tell off his boss, uh, which I think he ends up mooning him, which is close enough. And hmm, that is that is all I can remember. I know there are more. He, he literally crosses off. Um, oh, oh, uh, be intimate with Marge, and he spells intimate wrong. By my count, still that's only five correct, Matt. Damn. Uh, what else is on there? Okay. Uh, because because I the Lisa one's not right. I'll tell you that. Oh, okay. At least not. I, I I'm get, I'm being a little. I'm trying to be generous with the what he, what he writes down, but it's not hmm. it, the Lisa one is not correct. Yeah, that, that's all. Yeah, I can't think of any others. Make a list, which is the first thing it's crossed it's off. Crossed off. Yeah, that's right. Eat a hearty breakfast. Make videotape for Maggie. Have man to man with Bart. Listen to Lisa play her sax. Oh, yeah, yeah. Make funeral arrangement. Make peace with dad. Beer with the boys at the bar. Tell off boss. Go hang gliding. Plant a tree. A final dinner with my beloved family. And then he adds on. Be intimate. Intimate with Marge. Marge. Yeah. Uh, What is my hard question? It's your hard question. While he is on Focus In, who does Bart tutor? Martin. I'm sorry. He tutors a young Navajo boy. Oh, that's I do not remember that whatsoever. Uh, I have some bonus questions for you, Matt. All right. Uh, these are from Radio Bart, provided by John. When rescuing Bart from the well, what three buried items do the townsfolk dig around? They dig around a uh, crashed spaceship, buried treasure, and uh, a coffin. Dinosaur bones. Dinosaur bones, of course. Uh, what is the name of the music conductor at Bart's birthday party? Oh, uh, isn't it Wally Weasel? It is Signor Beaverotti. 
Oh, that's right. Wally is the singer, guitar player, some terrible thing. <laughs> yes, that's right. Senior Beaverati. Yeah. Oh. Which five residents were in the hole when the canary was discovered to have died? Oh, Lord. Um, Willie, Wiggum, Reverend Lovejoy, uh, Lenny, and Homer. You got one right. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> it's a, it's Willie. A poo, crusty mo, and Skinner. <laughs> yep. <laughs> okay, and your final <laughs> question: right. What is the name of the ice cream store that Bart claims his free Sunday from? Claims his free Sunday. Oh yeah. Eat it and get um, out. Isn't it Phineas Q. Butterfat? That is it. You're correct. All right. You got it. Good job. It's been a few episodes. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a while since Radio Bart. Uh we'll do it for that segment. We can move on. To our final segment. Segment we end every single episode with. It's time for best episode ever. Best episode ever. Best episode ever is the part of the show where Matt and I rank the episodes categorically as we watch them chronologically, eventually compiling a list of every episode ever and how good they are. This is a tricky one. It's weird. Yeah, because it's hard to compare it to the others because it's not trying to be serious. It's not trying to be what all the episodes or other episodes are trying to be. Like, It's not quite a clip show, but it's along those veins. I'm looking pretty low. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like we said, in our list right now, the closest one to compare it to is 22 short films about Springfield. That's miles ahead of this. Nah, it's not as good as 22 short films. Um, I'm looking right now. Let me think. I don't know. It, it, it is very unique and interesting. I think what I said, I just keep coming back to is like it makes all these jokes about how dumb television can be and then it kind of does some of those things later on and it makes this episode look worse in retrospect it's i don't think that's necessarily fair to it but it's a thing that i think my brain is kind of dealing with um how about okay day the violence died is number 122 is it better than the day the violence died I don't think so. I was I was actually looking very close to that. Uh, I was looking right around Bart gets hit by a car um, just because, like I said, it's really hard to compare these. But I feel like that's about our point where things start getting very Simpsonian versus things that could be other shows. More uh, generic. Like plots that. Yes, that's the perfect word. Uh, things that, that any other show could have done. Plots that they could have worked in perfectly. So I'm looking at like. Probably somewhere around 129, uh, you know, one fish, two fish, blow fish, blue fish. It's it's kind of a generic plot, but it works. And the family dynamic it has in that is really good. Bart gets hit by a car. You've got the dream sequence. I could see that happening in like Married with Children or, you know, Full House or something. Uh, maybe not quite so. I, I don't. Um, is there an know, episode of Full House edgy. where the, the devil appears? Probably. I mean, the devil's uh, <laughs> fingerprints were all over that show. Cut it out, Matt. Cut it out. Uh, you know, Brandon Rex in an afternoon. Um, I mean, what, what do you say? Above or above? Bart gets hit by a car. I don't know. So, somewhere around there. I'll, how about, I'll leave above. How about right you. below? Bart gets hit by a car. What about a new okay. a new one thirty, which is old money. So okay. So the Simpsons spin off showcase number number one thirty, pretty low, but that's. I think I still like that. I like them doing weird things, and I like like this episode goes for it. You know, it doesn't it doesn't 
work in half measures. It actually just, I think that is honestly my problem with some of the later seasons episodes that are also doing crazy things is that they don't dedicate themselves to the, the, the idea. They just go, let, we want to try and half, you know, we, we want to keep half of this ridiculous idea out there, but also we want to keep it safe a little bit. So this show, I applaud it because it just goes, here's an, a crazy concept. Boom. Full steam ahead. Yeah. Which I'd rather this happen than, you know, if, feels well i don't know we'll get to those episodes i don't we can't get it too far ahead of ourselves so that's new 130 on our list number one homer's enemy oh it feels good to say that <laughs> number last on our list is number 167 homer's odyssey eventually it will be replaced i can say with i think pretty safe with certainty well, almost certain yeah almost certainty i can we'll see episodes below it um you can find this list at our website, simplythesimpsonshow.com. Links to everything there, to our Facebook, to our Twitter, to our RSS feed, to our Patreon. If you want to throw us a couple bucks, we'd really appreciate it. Uh, I think they'll do it. Before we go, you can find me on Twitter, at Robbie Dorman. And I have a newsletter that goes out every Monday, tinyletter.com slash Robbie Dorman. Also, check out my other podcast, Handsome Boys Comics Hour. It's about comic books and the serial fanaticist, which is about a lot of different nerdy things. Whatever I feel like talking about with uh, my friends. Matt does not participate in social media. Unless a certain level of Patreon backer, you will not find him. That's true. Uh, however, I have put forth the statement that uh, the whole Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon thing is nothing compared to the Six Degrees of Matt. So what you want to do is you want to give a message to me. Just tell all your friends. They'll tell all their friends. And eventually it will trickle down to me, hopefully in less than six steps. And then I will get a message back to you the same way. I don't, I don't think that will work, Matt. Uh, well, that's, that's, that's the, uh, the experiment. We're going to try it out. Okay. I'm Robbie. And I'm Matt. And keep watching this episode. Shh.